0: It's impossible, but certain things are highly improbable, don't think I'll meet your kind again, yeah. not in this lifetime. Yeah. So Hello guys, happy new year. Happy 2021, and welcome to a new edition of Bradley's House. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. She is probably the hardest working woman I know, works about six full-time jobs, the executive director of the Noel Family Foundation, a mother of two. Kelly, it really kind of makes you the beauty and the beast on this podcast. Kelly Noel.
1: (laughs) You are too kind. (laughs) He knew I was having a hard day and he's trying to butter me up, I can tell.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Jared.
1: I really appreciate
0: that. It's not a butter up at all, but uh, it's true. You you certainly are. So happy new year. 2021 is here. Um, We've got 2020 behind us. Um, You know, Kelly, one of the things that I love about this podcast is even with everything that's going on in the world, uh, social distancing and not being able to see our friends and loved ones. We can still have guests in Bradley's house and you've once again lined up a amazing cast for us. Who's joining us in Bradley's house today?
1: I am so excited for our guests tonight. We have some incredible women on the show and um, I'm just going to apologize in advance for all the estrogen that you're going to have to deal with on this Jarrett, but these really, these are incredible women that I have so much respect for. Um, We have Stacy D and Soma Snake Oil, who are co-founders of the Sidewalk Project, and we'll get into exactly what that is. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal nonprofit that they're running, and they're doing some incredible work. And we also have one of our board members on the Noel Family Foundation, Brindy Pepper. So I'm so excited to have you guys all here. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Welcome, ladies.
2: Thanks for having us. Bring on the estrogen. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring (laughs) it on. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having us. We appreciate uh,
1: you. We are really stoked to have you guys, and and we'll get into more about why here. I I really didn't want to get too much into it in the intro because there's so many different reasons why I'm having you guys on tonight uh, on this episode, and I I love what you are doing with the Sidewalk Project. I'm super grateful for you, Stacy, for being a part of the Bradley's House um, comp the House That Bradley Built compilation. And um, Brindy has absolutely been my right hand with running the foundation. So having you all on tonight, I think is, is just really a special treat for me. And I'm excited for everybody to hear about what you guys are doing.
3: Kelly, you're so cool. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Thank you. So first of all, let's jump into the Sidewalk Project. Can you guys tell us a little bit about what it is and why you started it?
2: For sure. Yeah. You want to go? I mean, we'll do it a little bit together, right? T- tandem, yeah. 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 As we, as Go back we do. And forth <laughs> as we do. Yeah. Let's do it together. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, we founded it three years ago. And, you know, I mean, it really – we're a lived experience organization. And, I mean, you know, it, it really comes from – you know, Stacey and I like to talk about how it comes from us getting well, and, you know, like we are first and foremost a community-building organization. And, you know, we, we like to say that our, our, our big goal is to empower marginalized people individually and as a community while creating a sense of well-being. And, you know, we, we're an arts and music organization, but we also sit at the intersection of public health. We're a harm reduction um, community. Um, And one of the big things that we say is, you know, really based on research around community health, and that's that happiness grows as it's shared. And that's something that we've really found in our own lives. Do you want to jump in on that, Stacey? Yes, it's so true.
3: Yeah. Soma and I used to party hard together. Uh, We're the same age where we were in between San Francisco and Los Angeles involved in the punk rock music scene. Um, and we used to party together and before, right before we turned 40, you know, we were, we were doing blow and drinking and, and, um, it had been days of that, <laughs> but we just, we were like, we're going to, when we're 40, we're going to be, get better and we're going to do something with our lives, you know? And, um, <laughs> and like, no kidding. That kind of happened. Like right after I turned 40 or right, right before I turned 40, I had a massive bottoming out on the biggest tour my band had ever been on at the time and um fought everybody got flown out of the festival that we were on left my band in uh, minneapolis and they had no way to play or make money on the way home they were just kind of at the mercy of what i had done um soma flew me out to las vegas and uh, got me out of there Uh, we were still using together um, but then I, I went home, and the band had a um, had a had an intervention. And if you know me, you know that the most important thing to me in my life always has been my music. So having the opportunity to do something with music, and then like fall flat on my face, and my band like came and gave me the opportunity to get better, and with Soma's help, and with our label, which is Fat Records, and and Fat Mike. Um, and Aaron Burkett, they all, uh, got me into a, uh, detox facility where I got off of, uh, Xanax along with everything else. But I was constantly taking Xanax and pills, um, which was kind of like this middle-class drug addiction, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, but then I went through it and, and it like melted my brain. And so coming out of that, I found, um, how to be well? I found positivity, and I found the tools. I feels like the universe gave me all the tools to get better. And when I was going through all of this, Soma was also shortly after go went through it as well. Like the universe really shook us up, huh, bud?
2: <laughs> so much! It's wow, such, such a real big way. And you know, like I, I really came close to dying during that time. My uh, yeah, there's a. You know, some of that stuff is documented in my art. And there's been some music about that. And, you know, yeah. I almost, uh, almost took myself out during that time. Yeah. And then, oh my um, goodness. You know, and then really got better. And harm reduction was actually my journey to getting well. And, um, you know, I was on Suboxone for a period of time. And there's all sorts of different things that really – helped me get better. And then meditation and, um, and then really community and and art. Um, and, you know, because of that, we really felt it was important to share with others. And there's a lot more to the story, um, that we can share as we go along. I think that's fantastic.
1: Very inspirational.
3: Yeah. We decided that, you know, it was like, what's next, you know, and I was driving down the freeway, no shit, and, and thought, what's next for my friend Soma? Because we're very close friends. You know, we've been through hell together. And from the moment we met, we connected. So, um, you know, I was like, what's next for my friend Soma? And I said, I think maybe charity work and I should help her. And, like, I saw her a couple weeks later at a festival and I, and I told her and she said, I've been thinking of the same thing. And the next week we were in a meeting with our other partner, Emily Nielsen, who runs Punk Rock and Paintbrushes. Um, and it's kind of like our our silent third partner. Um, we were the next week we were on the street of Skid row with oranges and, and water just trying to figure out what we were going to do, uh, but knew we wanted to do something.
1: So the sidewalk project sort of grew out of that.
3: Right. And then w- being artists ourselves, you know, uh, one of the biggest reasons we started was like, you know, when an artist loses their ability to create, it makes a very sick spirit. So we were thinking that if we were down in a place like Skid Row, maybe we'd connect with some artists who, you know, like, luckily, I have a guitar I've never lost, you know, my I'm so lucky to have a roof over my head. Um, But my, you know, every time I've had a hardship, my mom would say, pick up your guitar, Stace, you know what to do. And that's always saved my life. So a lot of people that, you know, have that too, but don't have the resources or the guitar anymore, or even a, a pad of paper to like draw or write some thoughts down, like, you know, that's, we got to find those people and we got them, we got to get them back creating. So when we started Sidewalk, it was kind of like a big party. You know, we would uh, have like music, a bunch of, uh, you know, musicians we all know, you know, Jeff from the agri Johnny from Old Man Markley, me um a bunch of people at the beginning would come down and we'd and we'd have like a big art piece like a big banner we'd have people from the street painting with us and listening to music or joining in and singing with us um and we'd do clothing giveaways and hygiene kits and all that kind of stuff um so that's really how the sidewalk project started but the universe wants more for us
2: <laughs> and
1: from us <laughs> it Such always does
2: the big way yes yeah. so much more yeah, we really. So uh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. So you can go ahead.
3: Well, I was gonna say, Shannon. We have a friend, Shannon Knox.
2: Who I mean, really is... before, really before even that, though. I mean, harm reduction started way, right. way before Shannon. It's it, it, and Shannon's been a big part of that, but right. Really, I mean, harm reduction was a big part of our journey personally, and right. Um, really, Tracy. Tracy H gave us our first Narcan, and. Um, you know, we saved a life in San Diego, and because of so. Can
1: you explain for people who don't understand exactly what harm reduction entails?
2: Sure. I mean, harm reduction. So, you know, it's 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 pretty big conversation because it it can refer to a wide range of public health policies and and practices. Um, you know, I like to think of harm reduction as a perspective or a mindset you know maybe even like guiding ethical principles that can be applied to a lot of different complex situations in life you know and specifically what we're talking about um most of the time especially in 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 this uh, you know in this um particular um area with the sidewalk project is in in relationship to people who use drugs. And so we'll talk about um, needle exchange, or it might be safe smoking kits. Um, there's also Narcan, which is um, the wonderful and amazing drug that um, brings people back to life if they've overdosed. Yeah, um, life-saving. It's It's just really, really powerful. And, you know, overdoses are just out of control right now during the time of covid so it's it's so important for as many people as possible to have narcan you know but harm reduction you know like you might hear harm reductionists say things like harm reduction is an act of radical love or you might hear statements like any small change or meet people where they are but don't leave people there um right you know, there's like, there's all sorts of, um, these very specific things that you'll hear within the community because it is, it's, it's actually more than just like public health practices. It's, it's actually a movement. Um, you know, and, and some of these things might really sound very emotional, um, because it is, it is a life and death thing. You know, this is, this is, you know, people's, you know, actually bringing people back to life it is right you know, dealing right. with epidemics you know the hiv epidemic and you know right now in the time of covid there's you know you can think of harm reduction around covid you know like wearing a mask could be harm reduction um, sure you know using um you know hand sanitizers and distancing you can think about harm reduction in those perspectives as well Um, so yeah, so when you guys big conversation, yeah,
1: right, right. You can't really oversimplify, but when you guys go out, um, onto the streets, whether it's Skid Row or any of the other cities that you guys go to, how are you putting that into play?
2: So we do this in a variety of different ways. Um, we are a Los Angeles city of Los Angeles approved needle exchange program, and, um, we're actually a mobile program, and as I rudely interrupted my partner, Stacy, she was (laughs) starting to talk a little bit about how some of that came to life, you know, like it began, you know, there was a big journey and there was a lot of amazing people that supported us along the way with that. And one of the people was um, our very good friend, Shannon Knox, who helped us quite a bit in that process. and um, you know, one of the, some of the some of the ways, but the question was, how is how is that going into practice? Um, so we um, we provide clean needles, and um, we do needle exchange. Um, during the time of COVID, we do. It's it's really important. We do safe smoking kits, and it's really really important right now. Like in Skid Row, there's um, COVID is actually come to Skid Row now. There's a lot of testing going on. And we're going out and um, doubling our efforts around safe smoking kits. And there's these little tips that go on to crack pipes and oil burners. And we're making sure that as many as people as possible have these tips so that when they pass pipes, they're passing them clean so they're not passing COVID to each other. So there's awesome. a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different ways that epidemics... Um, or and in this case, pandemics can spread, right? Um, another way that we're doing harm reduction is um, for sex workers. And as you might know, I'm a dominatrix. I've been a sex worker for many, many years. Um, so within my sex worker community, we came up with protocols for working safe during COVID um, because people need to survive. And At the same time as people needing to survive, we want to make sure that they're doing that as safe as possible. Um, We pass out kits that um, help people with cleaning and um, with condoms and then, you know, really support people with education. Yeah, Um, educating. It's a really big thing. Stacey, do you want to jump in? I'm talking a whole lot. No 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 you are brilliant at this this is like okay so here's the thing
3: Soma has been boots on the ground she is out there working with our participants um not only you know caring for them in a way where society has left and and doesn't care for them at all um Soma's out doing wound care and sitting in court advocating for you know sex workers who don't have anybody that would sit and advocate for them in any capacity um the work that she's doing is revolutionary and it's um awe inspiring like and it's progressive um which is an exciting exciting position to be in you know it's like i'm learning about it as we go as well you know it's it's um it's just been it's been eye opening
1: When we first talked, I was so struck uh, by both of you in the fact that you are very hands-on and that you are giving a voice to these people and you're hearing them instead of just walking by and ignoring them, which is sadly what most of us do because we want to help, but we don't really know what to do. And I'm so impressed by the fact that you guys have found a way to, to help people and to meet their needs and to do it in a very... Um, humane, respectful way. Um, Like you said, meeting people where they're at, but not leaving them there and really empowering them. And, you know, I think a lot of times it's just a matter of knowing that somebody else cares if you live or die. That makes a huge difference. That somebody else cares about your most basic needs that you, you know, somehow can't seem to to handle on your own. I think, you know, just having someone extend a hand when you need it the most is so powerful. And I think every single person can relate to that in some aspect. But the work that you guys are doing is, is really, really remarkable. And you're, you're impacting lives in a huge way. Uh, there's so much, I think, misunderstanding regarding the, Unhoused community and regarding uh, addiction and drug use, you know, people think, gosh, people just need to stop, just don't do it. And if, and I think a lot of times people will confuse harm reduction with enabling, and there's a huge difference because I would much rather give someone a clean needle and keep them alive long enough so that they can get clean rather than telling them, look, it's all or nothing, either you get off everything you're doing and stop or or screw you, you can go die. I mean really, that's essentially what we're telling people. if we don't have a middle ground and I feel like harm reduction is that middle ground that gives people an opportunity to get better. Um, so I, I don't know if you if you guys have run into any sort of um, you know resistance or roadblocks from people in in the course of doing all of this, can you guys speak to that?
2: Sure, I think that's such a great point, and love that you're bringing that up. Um, there is a lot of resistance, and and that idea specifically that harm reduction or giving people needles is enabling. Um, but it's it's great because harm reduction is actually evidence based, and we know that harm reduction actually, on a very regular basis, leads people to conversations that will lead to um less use, different kinds right. of use and to recovery. And I can tell you right. myself it's so true. that right. harm reduction works. Um you know, like I was very very heavy in my use. I was um you know, opiates were my thing and Stacy can attest to this, you know, like I, I was um in the last 5 years of my um using drugs i was um using opiates and um i was i was mixing i was my drugs were cocaine opiates and benzos and then i was drinking very very heavily as well and that was yeah. All day, every day, for every five, day. Year, from the, five yeah, years, yeah. from the moment that I would wake up to the moment <laughs> no that shit. I went to bed, and often I would not go to bed for maybe five days at a time. It was, yeah, that is so- you know, and like maybe that's a little bit of an understatement. And it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, like I wake up in the middle of the night, um, you know, with lines in my bedside table to yep. do more because I'd go into withdrawal, you know. And, it's and, nice
1: to see that you give a hundred percent to everything you do. You know,
2: <laughs> I was devoted, right? You don't go half-stepping right? half ever. Yeah. No, not at all. And, um, like I, I could tell lots and lots of stories about this, but I was in it. Um, and harm reduction worked for me. And, you know, Suboxone worked for me. And part of that was smoking weed and um, ketamine treatments and all of this stuff, you know. And I had to do a little bit at a time because all of it at a time would have actually killed me. And that's one of the things sure. that people don't talk about as well. If you just quit yeah. cold turkey, you're going to die. Right? Yeah. Um, right. So this Very is, dangerous. This is this is actually a medical thing as well that, you know, we need to know about. Um, you know, and, and the idea of like not, you know, like denying needles from someone, you're going to end up with people using needles off of the ground. Or, and that's what happens time and time again. So much. And people are going to use needles, sharing needles with each other. And then- that's where disease spreads. So this is all this is all braced, right. b- based in health, right? And we know from experience that people then come to us and say what's my road to recovery? And that's right. that's how we can facilitate that. And that's really exciting. Like incredibly right. exciting. You know?
1: Well, I think it's an example of that radical love that you mentioned, showing somebody how- that you're not judging them, that you know, you genuinely care for them and want to help them. And I I think that that tends to attract people more. You know, love pulls, push, or hate pushes. And so, you know, you show somebody, look, I care about you not using a dirty needle. I care about you not getting other diseases. I understand that you're struggling. Let me give you this clean needle to help you through. I think that that's a wonderful, beautiful thing that can be easily misunderstood by a lot of people. But you know, in, in reality, that's, that's what works. That's what helps. And I do think it's important to point out too, that there are, there is no one size fits all when it comes to recovery. For some people, recovery yeah. is complete abstinence from everything. And that's what works for them. Fantastic. For other people, they're there. That's where harm reduction comes in. And I think that's fantastic too, because at the end of the day, um, my perspective is that it's all about keeping someone alive Long enough to to get the, to that point of recovery and of healing, and um, I mean, obviously, my perspective. I wish my brother was still here. I wish that he'd had had uh, one more day, you know, one more opportunity. And and I'm sure that anybody who's lost a loved one to to their addiction would say the same thing, you know would I prefer that he never stick a needle in his arm? Absolutely. But he was doing it already. So would I prefer that he have a clean needle? You bet. And I think anybody would say that about their loved ones as well. So um, I think it's a wonderful, beautiful thing that you guys are doing.
2: Sorry about your brother.
3: Yeah. I'm really sorry. Thank you. And in in our music community, it's just a tragedy. Uh, The loss, his loss, is is felt um, throughout the world. You know what I mean? Like, so I wish that they, you know, the boys had Narcan. You know what I mean? Like,
1: whatever. right? You never know. Yeah,
3: you never know. Yeah.
1: You're absolutely but, right. Um,
3: what I was gonna go back to saying is that my my little spirit is always like, um, with with needles. It's like if you get somebody to stop picking up the needle from the ground and thinking that that's what their worth is, and you give them some new needles, and then they're like, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna use new needles because I I'm worth it." It's even a little step to start building towards getting people back connected and and feeling good about themselves even um I just wanted to share that little bit, <laughs> yeah, it, you though. know
2: that's that's exactly it really it. is that's that's the any small change thing too, and then i I think that you made some great points about you know what is wellness and what is sobriety and what it looks like for one person is different right. for another, or what is even recovery? I mean, you know, Stacy even talks about, well, like I'm California sober, you know, like right <laughs> I, I, I still feel I, <laughs> <so> weed. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I and do, again, yeah. you know, it's different for everyone. And right. I think that the bottom line is being in in recovery, being in a situation where you can function, where you can enjoy your life, where you can make the most of what you've been given instead of being enslaved to something that's keeping you right. from doing all of that.
3: hundred percent, Kelly. That yeah. is exactly why I've been able to allow myself those things. It's like, um, it's exactly that.
1: I love the sense of community that you guys have too with the work that you do. And I know Brindy has experienced this a lot too. She goes out with her kids and, and, you know, supports the homeless and, and gives them clothing and, and food and, and basic hygiene type things. Um, Brindy, I'm sorry. I don't mean to leave you out of all of this. No, I did I'm invite you here for a reason. <laughs>
4: I'm thoroughly enjoying listening to you guys. I've had I chills know. throughout this whole conversation. They're
1: so. amazing. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so he's, you've you've spent really some time are. out there with your kids, Brandy, right? Hey, can you just share a little bit about how that's impacted them in seeing seeing people yeah. and getting up close and not not being afraid of of the unhoused community?
4: Yeah, I'd I'd love to because I you know when I was a kid, I remember watching my dad um, giving to someone who was unhoused, and I remember the impact it had on me and and realizing I had a certain respect for my dad that he cared for this person and and I've carried that with my own kids and I believe it's important that we be role models and show um you know it's contagious when people see us giving to others and respecting others and Stacy I loved what you were saying about it making these people feel like they're worthy you know that they're human and um when you look these people in the eye when you say you know have a good day do you you know do you need another bottle of water or anything it makes them feel human for a minute and it gives them a sense of hope and i think that's really important community is key man
3: i thank you for saying that that's the other thing it's like you know we've hired some people from the street too we want to elevate people's lives and keep them in the game it's not like we're giving them stuff and then walking away it's like now you are part of us
4: so let's all thrive Right. That's huge. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And, um, and and I know that it, it helps them to, to see themselves as human again. And and I know people who have gone from homeless who are now homeowners. Um, I'm in recovery myself and I see it all the time. I see these people pull themselves up. And I love that your lady's story started with recovery and you just thought, you know, what can I do to make the world a better place? And I love that so much. And I, you know, I I love working with Kelly because I feel like, you know, I've gotten this gift of life. So what can I do to give back to others? And I, I so appreciate what you guys are out there doing. Thanks,
1: Brandy. So tell us a little bit about um the the beginning. So you said you would incorporate art and music. Do you guys still do that? I know it's a little different with COVID, but are you still able to bring um some of that into the things that you're doing?
3: Yeah. yeah. I think we're always going to look for ways to incorporate our artists in with what we're doing. But also we just did in November, we did Skid Row Thanksgiving where we got some uh, musicians down for the first time in a while, right. To play some music for our event.
2: Yeah. It it was really, really good to have that. Um, A bunch of people from our, um, our punk community and some reggae community, um, Matt Nathanson, came um from san francisco and we did a, a video together um so that was really really good to have a, a bunch of different communities he's a singer songwriter so it's sort of like a bunch of different um musicians that don't necessarily usually hang out together and we love seeing that you know when it's yeah. like It's like a melting pot of different um, genres and it's like you would never usually see these people all hanging out together making music and then it's really, really accessible and we like to focus on oldies um, because everyone can kind of agree on that and then um, we want to make it as accessible to our participants on the street as possible and make it like a sing-along. Um and that happened in November, which was really, really good. And uh, we have um there have been a few murals that have happened during COVID. Right. Um, you know, with our some of our amazing artists wearing masks, um, Shannon and Crucio and Joe, and you know, like some of these really great artists who have been with us for a really long time. Some of them actually did um some fantastic art on the um, side of the Beverly Center, which was like, how rad is that? You know, we're like, wow,
1: that's huge.
2: So, so great. Um, And for it to continue to happen during COVID is really, really exciting. Um, You know, but we do have to be careful, right? Um, And we're being a little bit more cautious again right now during the surge not a little bit we're being really cautious really now. cautious we are we're fighting
3: for like we're fighting for vaccines early because we're you know our team is out there soma's out there every day and she doesn't want to yeah. spread it and we don't want her to get sick you know what i mean so we we are uh we're vigilant i haven't been to the office in a couple months because of of COVID. And I, you know, it's like, I, I just um, can't have that too. <laughs>
1: you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need. One more thing.
2: <laughs> I don't want that too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We don't want that for you. <laughs> yeah. <Right. I> know.
3: <laughs> so, but you know, that's the other cool thing is that, you know, Soma and I have created something that gives us the flexibility to be us still. And um, that's so cool. You know what I mean? As, as two ladies who, you know came from came from a negative perspective to have a positive perspective and like happiness grows as it shares no i mean happiness um grows as it's shared excuse me is really how we how we live our lives you know you know what i mean yeah. like i i have oh, more positive so people great. around me than i have negative people
2: around me that's a fact oh, that's you know? phenomenal stacy like yeah. we like before this call we got to um call yeah. a couple of our volunteers and hire them part-time hire them it was so right. great like and you know just having those phone calls so heartwarming it's you know so, wow. so exciting
3: yeah that's wonderful so texted me the other night at like 11 and was like i'm real excited about our lives bud and i was like oh, i am so excited about our lives too it's rad what and a it's gift so to be able to say Right. Yeah. It's not cheesy. You know, it's like people walk around thinking that like this kind of living is like a cheesy way. Like, oh, it's so, you know, but it's like so powerful on this side of life. Like anything is possible. Magic happens when you um, are giving and you, you're happy. And, you know, I, I, uh, I just want so much for humanity to get to wake up to this because I, I don't feel like the universe gave me this gift for, for no reason. I have a big mouth. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> to go out and- the universe wants you to use it <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Great
3: thing. <laughs>
2: <Right. laughs>
1: well, the one thing I've noticed that I love about the recovery community is that it's very focused on service to others and on giving back and on sharing what we've been given. And yeah. that's something I think would everyone can benefit from i wish the whole world believed that i wish the whole world put that into practice but sadly that doesn't happen and i think the sidewalk project is a great way for people to be able to do that to be able to get involved and um so when when you guys go out can can anybody come with you i mean is do you take volunteers whether they be you know people that want to help out or artists or musicians or whatever
3: we you we take everybody right now. We're kind of keeping it small because COVID. We don't want anybody to get sick on our watch. But usually yeah. we invite everybody down when we have a sidewalk project. We want to hang out. We want everybody to come down and help out.
1: Awesome.
2: Yeah, and I think you know there's so many different opportunities on how to work during this time. You know, it's like. You know, there's a ton of advocacy, you know, like right right now during this time, you know, it's it's like we're in the midst of a surge, right, in Los Angeles. The hospitals are really full and, you know, it's like they're not even really – the ambulances, I don't know if you all have been staying on top of this, but it's like they're triaging people. Out in the field, right, and deciding which people yeah. to take back to the hospital and all of that stuff. It's so we know that, that, like, the, the surge is so intense right now, and we're seeing, like, the overflow and and that effect directly on the street. And during this time, um, you know, the CDC has said the best thing is for um, unhoused encampments to be left alone. Like, don't sweep them because that actually creates more uh cultural effect right like because you know it's it's gonna cause more public health damage when people are displaced yeah um and you know city council actually just approved some really extensive sweeps there was 60 people in harbor city that were just knocked out of their um encampment you know and this kind of thing is we really believe we're responsible as people to show up for you know the most vulnerable to speak you know and to speak against this kind of systemic violence against the unhoused, especially in this time during covid so you know there's lots of different ways to get involved you know it's like if you're at home and you don't feel like comfortable coming out with a sidewalk project right now, you know you can do some advocacy, you can write letters and say you know. <laughs> don't hurt our unhoused folks right now, you know, and there's, there's other ways. It's like, one of the things that we say is, um, you know, wherever there's a sidewalk, there's an opportunity for a sidewalk project. What that actually means is you can carry water in your car. And, you know, when you see people on the side of a freeway and they're asking for money, you know, you can, you can hand out a hygiene kit, you can hand out a bottle of water. You know, it's like we all have the opportunity to help, you know, just within our own communities, just by keeping our eyes open and offering the resources that we have available to us. So you know, we can just really be very creative. Um And I mean, Stacey, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I also wanted to say that that, that the, the fear that goes along with like
3: um, addressing the unhoused population it's like most people don't want to engage because they're afraid when you know like the 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 belief is don't get involved you know what i mean when right. it really is up to us to help every little bit of the way why wouldn't you you know what i mean right. i think now, it, it's, th- it says so much when you don't
1: right <laughs> that's, that's for, for people who may not have much experience can you um help understand are people unhoused because they're lazy no this what is- are some of the reasons why you find that people are in that situation?
2: One of the biggest reasons that people are unhoused is because of affordable housing. There's no and places. Can, right. There, you can actually look this up. You know, there's there's studies on this and you know, especially in Los Angeles, the um the ratio be, between um what people are paid and how much housing costs doesn't equate so yeah it's outrageous how, yeah how much we make doesn't doesn't um allow us to pay how much our housing is so people end up being um you know they just can't afford it and so there's there's all sorts of stigma there's stigma towards people who use drugs there's stigma towards sex workers there's stigma towards the unhoused community and that reflects in the words that we use as well you know like right. we might we might say homeless we might say druggy we might say um hooker or whatever but you know what what's really important to understand is that's that's actually just your neighbor you know this person is exactly. exactly exactly just like you trying to survive, right. and the line between your home and the street is very thin, and it can happen so fast it could happen with right. a car accident it could happen with you know whatever it is and you know the people that are living on the street they it not a it's it's like you you would be really be very surprised. Um, what the, how, how very similar your life is, um, you know, like I've, I've been unhoused many times and, um, you know, like I've actually, and there's many different kinds of unhoused and I've even been unhoused living in, um, hotel rooms with my child. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to understand that this is, this is a circumstance. It's right. not, it's not who someone is.
1: Right. It doesn't um, define them.
3: Yeah. Right. And you know, uh, one we were we did this uh, United Shades of America documentary that was on CNN, and um, uh, what was the gentleman's name from LA Can? Pete White is from LA Pete, Can. Amazing activist. Right. And he was saying, you know, you can you can uh, not have a drug problem when when you come down here, but you could pick one up real quick. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. Like after you've lost everything, when you're down there with it, it's harder to not.
1: Sure, you, you got nothing I mean? to lose.
3: Right. Um, so that's that was something that was striking to me in that documentary when I heard him speak. It was like, God damn
2: it! You know what I mean? Fuck! It's a really, really <laughs> important documentary to watch as well because it yeah. it really goes into um, the systemic racism aspect. Right. Right. Which, Which is, is super important to talk about as well, because, you know, there's there's, there's such a big aspect to systemic racism and poverty and right. um and, and being unhoused as well. That has to be talked about, you know, that, that it's an intersectional um, discussion to have. For um, sure.
1: Can you yeah. repeat the name of that documentary?
2: United Shades of America. And um, we were actually, you know, briefly featured in this particular episode and i can't remember what the episode stace do you remember i don't remember what the episode was but i know that it's around like
3: if you wanted to check it it's probably on youtube
2: it's probably like something about skid row or something about yeah um, the the homelessness or epidemic that's what it was it was like the
3: the homeless epidemic or something
1: yeah
3: the truth behind it or something
1: and now you guys have an awesome promotional video that in it you mentioned a couple things that I wanted to highlight. You mentioned helping people get into recovery and helping people get employed or, um, you know, the, the selling their art so that, and then giving that money back to them. Um, what are some of those stories that you can share with us?
3: Um, well, just recently we have hired um, through our uh, program now we're looking at a third fourth person from skid row to work the uh to be a community outreach specialist with us because the relationships out there are so important the building of the relationships and the trust um as you can imagine
2: sure so we we yeah. actually we, we you know we we've we're really very committed to this model and um You know, it's, we actually got a grant and our our friend Shannon wrote the grant and it, it was, um, the cheery grant. And we're just like incredibly honored that we were, you know, chosen, chosen to, to be one of the grantees. And it's, it's really a game changer for us and how we've been able to work. But, um, the, the way that we structured this is something that we're incredibly committed to and, um, it's, we're, we're calling it pure empowerment through employment. And, um, what we really believe is that, you know, that, that, um, you know, power is, is, is hoarded, you know, by the establishment and by people on just a regular basis. And, um, you know, the unhoused community to really assist the unhoused community to come in and and be like, we're your saviors. Here's a sandwich. Right,
3: here's it's your like, kit,
2: see ya. It's, it's you know? <laughs> just like a further form of exploitation and sure. it's, it's condescending. True empowerment lifts people up, right? So to empower people, you have to give them resources and actual real resources, which would be education and jobs. And um, so, you know, and we are new, we are young, Um, So this is something that we're still developing, but our first real step with that is to hire some people who live on the street. Um, And so we were really excited to be able to do that this year. Um, So we hired three people. Um, One person is actually my younger brother who is unhoused and he and I have been unhoused together at certain points in our lives. He's been housed again. You know, there's been large periods of time where I have, um, supported him and he's back out on the street again. And, um, he's just a powerful advocate right now. It's amazing to watch him, um, start to develop more and more now that we've given him this job. He's one of our harm reduction specialists. He's doing powerful work on the street. Last night, he saved a life with our Narcan. Wow. Um, Oh, wow. This, this wouldn't happen if he wasn't Working in our program. Another person is. And empowered and, to do it. You know, empowered, I mean? empowered to, do right. to do it. Right. Empowered to do it. You know, and then there's another woman um, named Russia who's a sex worker, longtime resident of Skid Row. Um, and, you know, she's just amazing wise woman she's so great yeah she's so just, great we love she's her so, great. so much you guys
3: would love her
2: <laughs> phenomenal and people come to her for advice and like women and health. she teaches yeah she teaches the young you know uh sex
3: workers like you can't not wear a condom and just do it in the butt because the butt actually you know the anus actually absorbs things faster than than anywhere so don't do that you got to use condoms like she's she and you got to use lube. practical
1: stuff you yeah. got to use yeah.
3: lube so yeah and so recently, we just we raised money for her, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got a uh, an RV. So she's off the street, and she's living in an RV in her community. And she hasn't been messed with yet, and we're really happy about that. And there's still a lot of stuff around that that we have to figure out. It's an ongoing thing,
2: but yeah, she's, but she's, she's, off doing great. Yeah, she's off the street. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: That's wonderful. She and empowering her yeah. own community. And then we've got right. Cruise Show, who's OG former drug dealer. Right. And now he's a harm reductionist in our program And selling
3: selling his art to places to Green Day.
2: (laughs) You know?
1: Fantastic.
3: His art is hanging in Trey Cool's house. (laughs) That is so
1: rad. And you know, I love that you guys are doing it's you're extending your reach and you're really having an exponential effect. On, on these people because now it's not just what you're able to do, but it's what they're able to do it's beyond you. what they're able to do. Right, it. right. It's
3: what they're able to do. Yeah.
1: Right. And there's such a difference between, like you said, between helping someone and empowering them. And I think both are necessary. You know, when someone's both are at their rock bottom, yes. they need yes. some help. They have no power. They just need some help. But then beyond that, after you've helped them, after you've met them where they're at, that's where the empowerment comes in. And that's where you allow them to continue on what you've started after you're no longer there. And that I think is really, really life changing. Okay. So, Jarrett, we've totally ignored you this whole time. And I apologize <laughs> if you had Sorry, some things you wanted to say. I know you've tried a couple of times, but with all of us, it's really difficult to get a word in edgewise. Um, before I sort of shift gears, do you have anything you wanted to ask the ladies?
0: I'm just, I'm just really happy to be here.
1: I, I Thanks think, for joining uh, us tonight, Jared. <laughs> it's
0: a lot of fun. Um, no, it's a, it's an amazing story, and I think the the thing that sticks out the most to me is you know I, I get to sit back and, and listen to these podcasts and uh, listening to this story um, is just so inspiring that coming from what you both came from. And then to be willing to jump right back in to help others, um, you know, it's like a, a, a burn victim who goes to be a firefighter. You know, it's uh, it's it's amazing that you guys are uh, ladies are able to uh, to do that. And, uh, and I just think it's it's really inspiring.
1: That's a great analogy. I like that. It
3: really is. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And, you know, there's, there's two, th- I started out by saying how incredible you guys are and you really are. But I, I think it's also important for people to know that anybody can do this too. Like it doesn't take any specific skill set. It just takes a willingness to, to help people, to stick out a hand, to serve, and we can all do that. And I, I think that you guys are a wonderful example of that for sure. And, and you have the ability to, to create something that allows other people to do that as well. You know, so I think that's where your, your amazingness, your special gifts come in and that you're not just out there doing it, but you're also creating this place where other people who want to help can join you and help too. And that is what I think is so remarkable about what you're doing.
3: I love you know, that. I've got to, yeah, and I gotta say that like peop right, people have helped me in my life over and over and over and over again. Like for me not to see that and um want to do the same would be a crime against humanity. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? That's
1: so, fantastic.
3: It's like and- we gotta take care of each other, especially when you come from nothing and you got nothing, like it really is important to take care of each other. It just is, like, The neighborhood I grew up in was a poor neighborhood, but we all are still in each other's lives some forty years later. You know what I mean? Because that's beautiful. Been there for each other. Yeah,
1: yeah. One of the things that I've noticed since starting the Noel Family Foundation is love in action. That's the thing that really touches my heart so much because people want to help. I don't think there's a shortage of people wanting to help. It's just knowing how to help and then actually getting off your ass and helping. And so there's these different, you know, different levels of, of intent, but, but when you actually put that into action, when you put what's in your heart, your, you know, desire to help your desire to, to be of service and you actually do something about it, that's where you not only can change other people's lives, but it also changes you. It's really transformative. And, uh, I think it's also empowering f- for you as you're helping other people. And then, like you said, also, you know, the happiness grows as it's shared. And I think that's a beautiful benefit of all the stuff that you guys are doing. So I also want to let everybody know, which I sort of touched on at the beginning, that Stacy, you are in the awesome all-girl punk band, Bad Cop, Bad Cop. And you guys did a cover of All You Need for the house that Bradley built. Thank you so much for doing that.
3: It was so fun. Um I, I got I we were honored to be part of it. I, I have to just say as a musician, um Brad and his band was a band that really inspired me to do what I do. At the beginning, you know, when I was a kid I was the drug addict. I did I was I did meth, you know from that. And um when I decided that it was time for me to move on, it was it you know, your brother's band, Sublime, was really in the mix of the bands that Made me want to be doing what he was doing uh, as a musician, um, so I, I'm forever grateful uh, awesome. to your brother because he helped me actually get off drugs when I was young, like eight, twenty at twenty to take wow. my music seriously. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I moving on and then becoming my own artist and stuff. Like Sublime has always been a a, a, a band I've loved. And then I met Miguel through a a mutual friend and he was like, you know, you guys got to do this song. And then he, we always talk about music, listen to records and all this kind of stuff. And we decided that maybe it would be really cool to just have like a guitar in the room and us singing together. Like a campfire kind of feel. Yeah. Love it. You know what I mean? So we, that's what we did. Like, uh, I got Myra, our drummer, was singing on that too. It was so much fun.
1: <laughs> my mind was blown the first time I heard it because that was exact. I didn't, I didn't necessarily have the word campfire in my head, but it was this sense of, you know, I'm that's kind of where I come from. My whole family, we would gather around at you know Christmas parties and all the holidays, and at some point oh. in the night, the instruments come out and everybody sits around and plays and sings and dances, and you know that was our normal. And so when I heard that that's exactly what it reminded me of. It's like, you know what? We're all hanging out. We're having fun. Hey, we all know the song. Let's get together and sing it. I mean, it just, I don't know. It just, it, it made me feel really um, connected to, to that song and to the vibe that you guys were trying to create from the cover of it. And so, yeah, thank you so much for doing it. You really, really nailed it. Just a
3: a real honor to be part of it. I mean, there are some incredible bands on there and it's just a testament to what uh, your brother and, the band have created I mean your brother's music will never not be heard in the world ever you know what I mean like it will always be and that's That's like so rare yeah it's uh and I say that to Miguel all the time I'm like what you've done is incredible you guys what you guys did is just like it's uh it doesn't happen often you know what I mean yeah it's uh, it's really special really special. So getting to be part of it and get to do something a little bit different with that song, because you know how crazy that song is, you know what I mean? All over the place. So to kind of break it down and have that kind of fun time with it was, was, was a blast. It really was.
1: Yeah, it's just perfect. Um, I also want to point out that, Music, um, is so powerful in so many people's lives. And I love that it is something that you guys use on the streets to help other people and is also something that's helped you in your personal lives. And, you know, drugs in and of themselves, just like anything else, they're, they're not bad. It's, it's that they're a thief, you know, addiction is a thief and the things that, that people could be doing if they weren't so wrapped up in their addiction or so controlled by whatever substances that they're addicted to those are the those are the real tragedies like that's it's it's what they rob not only them but other people around them from you know and and so obviously you know heroin stole Brad from us and and took away you know obviously someone that I love very much and that was a huge part of my life but also took away the potential for more music and 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 I just I mentioned that because I think it does it does that for everybody you know I mean you even said that you you know when when you finally hit your bottom it was it you had to stop the, you know, you couldn't continue on the tour and all that kind of stuff. I mean, again, it was it was a thief. It was robbing you and your bandmates and your audience, your fans, all those people of the music. And so, you know, now that you're, you're in recovery and on a good path and playing the music, you're able to give that gift and we can all enjoy it. And I think that's a big part of why I'm so passionate about helping people recover, because I feel like we all have so much to contribute to the world around us. And and so much to give, but when um, when we're strung out or uh, obsessed with something, whether it's you know a substance or or anything, when any sort like of food addiction, or
3: over exercising, right, or whatever, right, right it's right.
1: a thief exactly, and it just it robs us of of so many great things that we could have, and ultimately waste the time, the short time that we have here on earth. So um, it's
3: so I true. Th- like my biggest thing, Kelly, is like getting people to untwist from the stuff that's made them sad. And I know that addiction is a disease that comes for a lot of us a lot easier than
1: others. Sure. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. But like getting people to, uh, to live their dreams, get to, you know, even a gift of taking accountability to be free from a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's, it's, it's such a passion uh, for me going forward in my life is to, is to help people because we all deserve to have a good fucking life. Life as a human right? being on this planet is incredible.
2: Right. It's
3: incredible. You know, like everybody should be able to, you know, and bad stuff happens to everybody, but how do you walk through it? Do you grow from it? Do you, or do you let it control you and ruin you? You know what I mean? Like,
1: exactly. Um,
3: so yeah, it's, it's, a. Uh, I'm happy to talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, to to bring Brindy back into this conversation too, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm sort of overpowering everyone here. But Brindy is a great example of someone who has, has overcome all that too and, you know, came to the point where she had to make a decision about whether she was going to lose all the things that were important to her or whether she was going to get into recovery. And I have so much respect for her. When I heard her story, um, I just – I knew that that was – that she was someone that I could, I could respect and trust and, um, and she really gets it. You know, she understands why we're doing what we're doing with the Noel family foundation. And I think that that Brindy is, that's one of the things that makes you so effective in all the things that you do. I mean, I'll, that introduction that Jared gave for me, he could have said for you too, because you, you know, you're a single mom, you work all these jobs, you help out, you, you donate your time and your talents and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I think you're a wonderful example as well.
4: Oh, well, thank you. I actually was going to second uh, Jared saying that about you. I think um, you're an inspiration to me, Kelly. I, I don't know if I deserved all that, that you just said, but Um, I definitely appreciate the life that I have. I know Soma and Stacey were both just talking about that and, um, I'm so grateful for it. I didn't, you know, they say, you know, when you go into recovery, you get a chance at a second life. I feel like for me, it was like a chance at a first life and, uh, life is so beautiful today and I want, uh, to give to other people to show them how great life can be and and how amazing recovery is. And, you know, I love with the Knoll Foundation, we want to start with those influencers, the musicians that can tell people, you know, it's, it's not corny. It's actually, it's a great life to be sober and to be helpful to others. It's a, you know, part of recovery is, you know, service to others and that's anybody, not just others in recovery. So, or with, you know, addiction. So yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a great point.
3: I can't agree more about the first life thing. When you said that it's like struck a chord with me because like, no kidding. After I ju- got to change my perspective, it was like, I finally got to, to see what, what life really could be.
4: Yeah, it was amazing. It's amazing. I love life today. And I did not feel that way for the first 34 years of my life. Word up. <laughs> so
1: here, Stacey, Stacy, what's what's next for bad cop, bad cop?
3: Well, this is an exciting time because, uh, we can't tour. And if you, if you're in a band, you know that like the first record you make is like, you had all the time in the world to write that record with your bandmates, you know, but then after that first record, and if you become, you know, successful, you're touring and you don't have that time. You right. get thrown back into like having a month to do the next record, like quick, quick, quick. Right. Um, so this, Right now, we, as soon as COVID calms down, like we had been practicing up to two times a, a week throughout COVID because we, we genuinely love each other and we really like being around and need each other. Like uh, things get crazy if we're not together, you know? So, um, so uh, we're hoping and planning um, to start writing our next record together uh, where we can really be part of all of it. Um, instead of, you know, the fast way people make records these days. I mean, uh, right. you know, Michael, Michael always is like, you guys need to do like something where you're ready to go and you're live and you're playing it fucking live. And it's like, you're right. Like, when does a band get the opportunity to do that these days? You just don't. It's like right. people are separate. You do it when everybody's, whoever's got the time to go in and do their parts. You know, it's like, it's fast. So um, that's really what we're working on right now. And we've got some uh, some tours planned for Europe in, in October, um, if it's safe. We have a, a festival in Atlanta in September, if it's safe. Um, what we want to do, kind of, though, is focus and stay close to home, stick to California. There's great places to play throughout California um, that would keep us busy, at least on the weekends, um, for the time being until it really gets back to where we can, you know, get back to our lives, you know, because my band was like literally four to six months out of the year. We're gone. We're gone. Wow. You
1: know?
3: So, That's like, tough. this has been, it's been tough, but it's so it's been kind of a really nice welcome break that we all really needed this COVID, to be honest.
1: <laughs> so, I'm like, sure
3: we needed sure. something to stop us, you know, from driving ourselves crazy. So, we're, but, you know, we've kept it up. We've stayed connected. We haven't lost a bit of energy and um, we're just moving into what's next. And it's, it's exciting.
1: Wonderful. And of course, people can hear your song when the house that Bradley built, Deluxe Edition, comes out. On the 15th of January, which will be just several days. Yeah, just several days after (laughs) this episode, um, is posted. So that'll be, that'll be great timing. And, um, and now. As far as the Sidewalk Project, I do want to make sure everybody knows what they can do to get involved, whether they want to donate money or time or resources. Obviously, there's your website, thesidewalkproject.org. Um, what's the best way for people to get involved if they're sitting there going, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do?
3: They can reach out to us. Soma has been running a weekly Zoom meeting where we invite people, don't we, Soma, to to get involved in talking That's about it. what we're doing? We. That was another thing. It's like when COVID happened, we got organized. Like we, SOMA started a Zoom meeting with all of our, all of our volunteers from the different cities that we have um, sidewalk branches in. And uh, everybody just got real. What do we, let's do this together. So that's kind of a big thing. If you want to join in, you reach out to SOMA or I, and we'll get you connected with, uh, I'll get you connected with SOMA. SOMA will put you right to, to where you where you work best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what's the best way to reach you guys? Through the website? I know there's a contact.
3: Yeah, there or Instagram. If you write me on Instagram, I'll I'll see it and um always always talk about sidewalk with you. Yes. When is
2: the <laughs> when is the
4: Zoom meeting?
2: It's every Sunday evening at eight o'clock. Okay. Awesome. And you are all very welcome. And we do a lot of education in the Zoom meeting too. So you know people can yeah come join us and, you know, even just, it it depends on the day, but we do education about harm reduction. We do sex worker, um, sort of like cultural competency education.
3: Um, you know, which is a big one, Selma, right? That's something that we wanted to talk about tonight too, was, was how people should be treated on the street. You know, if they're a sex worker or a person who uses drugs, you know, like, um, that needs to be changed you
2: know? Yeah. And just even, you know, sort of talking about the terms that we use, that's something that we really care about, um, you know, and then just sort of pushing back against stigma in our society and, and sort of like questioning the words that we put in our mouths. Um, you know, we, we 100%. were actually, we were sort of talking about that, you know, a little bit today, even, you know, that, um, you know, we, we want to use words that, um, you know, rather than, um, labeling a person by their behavior, you know, sort of like as alcoholic or addict or, um, you know, sort of like having people sort of getting stuck in their identity. You know, there's, there's something about some of these labels, they, they imply a permanency to the condition. Right. And there's like, it it sort of like leaves no no room for change, and it also um, it, it it definitely it it sort of like strips dignity and humanity, which is I think something right. That, um, we were it's talking so true about earlier quite a, yeah. quite a bit today. Go ahead, Stace. Yeah,
3: I had used the
2: term drug addict, and she said no
3: people who use drugs, and I was like, gosh, I got so much to learn. You know, I'm 45, that old. We come from the '70s still, where shit was fucking wild. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. Though, but like, this is something that I've t- I've spoke about, and I've in practice. My since I got better was that I used to say I had anxiety and depression, and I wore it like a fucking cheap suit. You know what I mean? I I mm. lived under that, and and when I got better, I stopped saying that. I don't say those words anymore. Um, sometimes I say I have a little bit of anxiety today. But I don't say, oh, I'm anxiety and depression, you know, and but now I say I'm a positive, happy person. And like, no kidding. Those words have shifted me into that reality. So, yeah. like, you know, that really works. So, you know. Yeah, there's the a right mental shift. People, really? Absolutely. Really
1: yeah. yeah so. it's a, There's a big difference between um being an addict or or. <laughs> Using a drug. Like it's, it doesn't define right. who you are. It's just something that you're doing. And, and really, I think bottom line, it's just having respect for other people, you know, right. treating people not just how you want to be treated, but how they want to be treated. I think is a super powerful thing, you know, that it's, it's not about how I think I should be treating you. It's about how I recognize how you want to be treated and, and treating you with respect. And I think everybody. Regardless of their circumstances deserves to be treated with respect. And when we lose that, then all of a sudden we become very combative in our society. And all of a sudden it's all about, you know, what I can get at your expense or, you know, or looking down upon you. And, and now all of a sudden we're marginalizing everybody and we're, we're reducing all of our capacities to do good and to live a better life. Whereas if we can build each other up and strengthen each other, then all of a sudden you want to do better. You want to treat everybody nicer. You want to have a, you know, a, a better life. And I think that that elevates everybody. So I think that's a huge thing to to be careful of the words that we use and how we how we approach people, how we talk to people and how we look at them. And just genuinely, you know, if you see someone on the street and you don't have anything to give them, at least give them a smile. You know, maybe they haven't had anybody smile at them in a couple of days. Give them a smile. Let them know that you recognize them as a human being and as a person uh, with value and and worth. And I think that that can go a long way.
4: Beautifully said, Kelly. So great. Thank you. (laughs) Well,
1: thank you guys so much for being on the show. I really appreciate all of you, the things that you're doing. Um, Like I said, putting that love into action. You're a wonderful example. And and you really are changing lives and, and I appreciate you coming on to sort of illuminate that for all of us and to share that and, and also hopefully give us an opportunity to get involved with you as well. So thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much for letting us be able to, to talk about, uh, harm reduction and all the things and try to destigmatize some of the stuff around it. It's really great to be able to, um, talk to your community about it.
1: That's my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, thank Thank you guys so much. And I I definitely, like I said, look forward to doing some work with you guys in the future.
2: Thank you so much. (laughs) The same.
0: Thank you. You bet. All right. Now, Stacy, before, before I let you go, before we get you off here, um, since you are our musical guest, um, you will not be exempt from picking (laughs) a sublime song for our, uh, <clears throat> for our continuing tradition every musical oh, yeah. guest i've asked them to um if you met somebody that had never heard sublime before and you were going to play one song for them to kind of break it down a song that that means something to you what sublime song oh. are you playing
3: oh my god this is such a hard question oh my god let me
0: see i this. know everybody says see. the same thing the, the, the good thing is um, there's so no wrong answer ones.
1: I don't yeah. think we should uh, let the other ladies off the hook either by the way. I think you all need to answer the question. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jared's being okay, too
4: hold nice. On, hold
3: on. I have made this decision. I went through a um you know, I think it's pool shark. Aww. Let me hear it again. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 no, that's not it. That's not it. You're just Sorry. refreshing
1: your memory. What are you doing Yeah, there? I
3: am. I am. God, you have to remember. I am a musician. My memory is terrible. I
0: like. Um, I like this. This is a. This is a Bradley's house. First, just double checking on it. <laughs> I like. I like that.
3: Oh, I also ball and chain, you guys. You know what I mean. Here's the thing. I always loved the punk aspects to Sublime a lot. Sure. Um. So when it gets fast, I was always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I loved Ball and Chain. I know that was an older one. Uh, yeah. That's a great one. It's a classic. That's a great answer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I do. I love that one. But the one where he's he's singing real soft and it's about shooting pool, but he's shooting, a, you know, he's uh, the dinosaur. God, what yeah, is that? Yeah, that's one? Pool
0: Shark. That's Pool Shark. Yeah, that's it pool is shark. Pool
3: Shark. Yeah. Then I was right. That's the one. That song. You is were right, right. Stace.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. That's powerful. Great. I'm
3: not wrong. It is powerful. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's actually the one song that I can't listen to. That one's a hard one. It just hearing, I feel the pain in his lyrics. And then of course, you know, the final lyric is one day I'm going to lose the war and which that's as we 100% all know, he did. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a powerful song. It's my choice to not listen to it is not because I, it's not a great song. It's just, it's just too, too raw, too fresh, but yeah, that's a good the choice. The way he
3: sings it, the way he sings it, the melodies in it—it's just so beautiful and sad at the same time, and that's yeah, it's haunting. It's yeah. haunting, yeah. So I was right. It's "Pull Shark." I'm going. That's my final answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sold. It's yours. <laughs> You got all it. Right. I'm just happy. You didn't, if you would have said April, April 29th, 1992, the Leary version, I would have known the fix was in. So. That's right. That was Miguel's okay, answer.
1: All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> He's all funny. Does anybody else want to weigh in? I'm not going to put you on the spot, but if you want to weigh in with the song.
4: I mean, I could talk about, you know, all of Sublime songs, but when I try to explain to younger generations who don't know who Sublime is, I always say, you know, the song Bad Fish, right? But I love the song Burritos. I loved it when I was a kid, Um, you know, (laughs) just not wanting to do anything and trying to recap the night before. And I don't know. There's too many to pick, but that's mine, Burritos.
1: That's a very relatable song. Good choice. Good choice.
2: I'll be honest. It's been a while since I listened. Sublime, that's okay. But,
1: I'm not going to put I'm, you on the spot.
2: I'm thinking "Caress Me Down" is a pretty filthy song, and I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, always yeah. a good one. Yeah. That
1: seems like a very appropriate choice, Oma. Uh, and I that is a great song. That is a great song. I think one thing that that Sublime always did was was give each song authenticity. You know, a real genuine feel to it, and I think that's what allows us all to relate to their music. And he definitely does that in "Caress Me Down" as well.
3: His voice. His voice.
0: Man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's whenever people mm. ask me if I, if I speak Spanish. I say, you mean like sublime Spanish? Or <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll give you caress me down or Chico My Tipo, but that, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. So, um, yeah. It it's, uh, I, caress me down. Sold. That's another great one. <laughs> I actually have had people be very surprised when they
1: meet me that I'm not Hispanic because in their mind they thought that Brad must be Hispanic because of his his no fluency.
3: Kidding. Not only that, but the things that he sang about, like I was like, "Yeah, my mom does fucking dope and smokes pot too." Like, let's talk. I like I identify. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> you
1: yeah, know? He but he just kind of
3: put. He did a great job. He summed up that time of life. Perfectly, I mean, especially from somebody coming from nothing. Like it seemed like he knew, you know. Yeah. He just did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He was an observer. He was an observer of people, and it really allowed him to, um, to relate in a big way. And you know, while we're talking about it, I do think that the Sidewalk Project is something that he would have absolutely loved. Uh, he had no fear when it came to talking with people. Uh, he was never, um, you know, intimidated by someone in their station in life and would talk to anybody. And, and I could very easily see him being a part of what you guys are doing. And, and that's another reason why it really touches my heart as well. So thank you for all the great work that you're doing. Thank you for being on the show. And Thanks we definitely, yeah, thank definitely you. look forward to, to spending more time with you
0: guys. percent. Thank you, ladies. Wow, Kelly, you were right. Uh, an awful lot of estrogen in this week's uh, conversation, <laughs> you but you handled uh, it well. It was, it was amazing. It was so much fun to get to sit back and, and hear that inspiring story. And that was just, uh, an amazing conversation and, uh, and three very special ladies joining us. And yeah. thank you for setting that up.
1: Absolutely. It was a real honor for me to be able to have them all on for sure.
0: Now, Kelly, 2020 was a tough year. We all know that. We all went through the struggles, but that didn't stop all these amazing folks who have helped the Knoll Family Foundation continue to get closer uh, to making Bradley's house a reality.
1: That's so true. You know, when, when all of this started happening with the, the shutdowns in the spring and it really, it really threw us for a loop at first because so much of our focus in, in getting the word out and in, um, you know, getting support was through music events and all of a sudden all of those stopped and, and not only did that impact us, but it also impacted all of the artists that do all these things that help support us as well. And so we really weren't sure what this year was going to be. And, and I kind of just figured, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll sit back, we'll get through this year and then we'll refocus and re-aim. But, but amazingly, um, this, this year turned out to be a wonderful year for the foundation. And it's really because of all the amazing people that have helped out. And, you know, I think, it's important for people to know that their, their donations and, and album purchases and the merchandise that you buy from the foundation, all of that is so instrumental in getting us to the goal of opening Bradley's house. But other ways that you can support the foundation is by supporting the great brands and the people who also support us. And I wanted to thank a couple of them this week. First of all, Uplift Apparel, um, about six months ago, they teamed up with Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Joe Musgrove, who's just an amazing individual, on this awesome collaboration shirt that has a powerful message inspired by Joe's positive mindset. Let your worries go. And the proceeds from that shirt were donated to Bradley's house. We were so honored by that. It completely took us by surprise. It was just a really, um, a really special thing. Now, this company, Uplift Apparel, is highly influenced by the reggae music. Um, community and the culture. And it was um, so important to Brad and the Sublime Sound as well. And they refer to their team as the Good Vibes Crew. And they truly have some amazing designs that are so positive, inspiring, and uplift people. I just wanted to make sure that people were aware of them and, and know about the good things that they're doing. But also, I highly encourage that you check out their website, which is shopuplift.com. Check out the amazing merchandise they have. Support them because they've done so much to support the foundation
0: yeah and that shirt is it's really awesome and they've got so many other cool shirts they've got them for men and women listen if you're listening to this podcast and enjoying what we're doing and and the bands that we talk about then i know that you're going to want to check out this uh this website so um there's really so many different ways that you guys can support the Noel family foundation. Uh, and just like Kelly said, this is, uh, this is one of the ways you can is by helping out the, the friends of the show and the foundation. Um, and you can literally show off your pride for Bradley's house and the Noel family foundation. You can do it from head to toe. Last week, Kelly, we talked about Kyle's Bradley house hats that he's had throughout the year and how he's always got those on. And yeah. I said down to toe, there's even Bradley's house socks that are available. <laughs> there
1: are. And you know, that's been an absolute favorite for people. They love these socks and those socks happen because of an amazing company called Merge Four. They do so many philanthropic things, they give back to the community. And they're involved with art and music and sports, and so many different things. And so I actually had the privilege of sitting down with the Merge 4 CEO, Cindy Busenhart. She is just a lovely individual. Every time I see her, she's got this beautiful smile, and she's so warm, and so genuine. And what I love about Merge 4 is that they're really doing it right. They're a certified B corporation, meaning they focus just as much effort and energy into helping people on the planet as they do to their bottom line. You know, that's so unusual from corporations these days. They have socks for everyone in the family, men's, women's, even children's socks. And they're just another one of the amazing companies that have put so much time and energy into helping out the Knoll Family Foundation. So we definitely want to thank them from the bottom of our hearts.
0: Oh, Guys, if you uh, check out Merge4.com, uh, I was on their website uh, just a few days ago. Uh, other than having a bunch of really cool designs and, you know, not just, you know, Bradley's house uh, uh, oriented, but there's like kiss socks and just a bunch of different artists. And they've got a ton of collaborations. Um, they even have, they have a bamboo sock, which is made from like a synthetic bamboo and it's supposed to replicate cashmere. Um, they use so plant... Soft. Yeah, they use, uh, they use plant, uh, uh, based dyes and they just, they do so much. So, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, and, uh, and you want to support the Noel family foundation, um, again, check these folks out. These are just two of the many, uh, uh, corporations and, and groups of individuals that we're going to be mentioning, um, that have meant so much to, to Kelly and the entire foundation. Uh, and, uh, and we thank them for their support. And, uh, again, if you guys want to help out, And you know what? Even if you guys don't want to help out, but you just want some really cool socks or or some really cool shirts, you should still check these folks out.
1: Absolutely. And while we're saying our thank yous, I do have one more thing I'd like to bring up. We have been, one of the things that's been so key to us being able to continue throughout this year has been um, these pin sales. And this was a whole new thing for me this year, learning about um, these pins, they're collectible and tradable. And um, and there's a huge community of people that get so excited about these pins. And so we were introduced to it by our good friend, Steve Jackson, who created the very first Bradley's House pins. And those were amazing. He, he just took the reins and went ahead and and did that for us and got the ball rolling. And then our our wonderful supporter, Tony Bailey, who comes up with all of these incredible ideas, just completely ran with it and talked to different artists and, and started working on getting all these different designs going and really has done such an amazing job. And everybody's gotten so excited about getting them, collecting them, which has been a great source of revenue for the foundation. And we so appreciate everybody supporting us by buying those pins and getting excited about it and then a bunch of other people that have have either um, purchased all the pins or or helped in producing them or designing them. I'm just going to run through some names really quick, knowing that I'm going to forget some people. But uh, Ryan Bain, Brandon Sweeney, Glenn Hino, Ryan Hall, Brett Wilson, Chris Pencher Seamus Donahue, Sean Brunson, Justin Wagner, they've all done amazing things, either creating pins or donating uh, proceeds from pins that they've done. Just so many things that's really been overwhelming in this entire niche market that I didn't know any about before this year. And and I'm just so grateful because that's been a big part of why we've been able to make it through this difficult year as well. So thank you everybody thank you to all those people i mentioned and of course also to all the people that are buying those pins and and keeping it going so thank you it really means a lot every single purchase every single pin every little thing you know it's just it's finding like we talked about in the episode finding ways that we can help things that we can do it may not be something huge i know we'd all love to write a million dollar check so that we can open the house tomorrow but you know along the way it's all the little things that so many people do that add up and that's how we're all going to get this house built and Really have an impact.
0: Absolutely, and uh, you know the names that you mentioned are all familiar from the groups. Um, all a bunch of incredible guys. Uh, Tony Bailey, just uh, an amazing guy, and really? um, uh, you know Steve Jackson. The, those pins that he uh, that he does up are amazing. Um, if you're a music fan, he's also got Tona guitars. Um, yes. Check out those those oh. handmade. Guitars beautiful, are beautiful guitars, yeah. Um, and uh, and again, he's done some work with the foundation with those pins, and then um, separate from the foundation on his own, he has an Etsy shop where you can you know purchase extra pins that he has, um, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. He even does some T-shirts. I don't even know how to explain it, but. <laughs> Let's just say they're sublime and uh, they're <laughs> they really are. very well done. Um, so you can find him in uh, the Facebook group, uh, Bradley's House, and uh, he's in there posting all the time. And hes uh, you can get a link to his Etsy shop and, and see all of the cool stuff that he has to offer. Um, I'm so just- glad you
1: mentioned Tona's gu- Tona Guitars that he does. Um, he actually – made a guitar and donated it to the foundation. So we will have one of his guitars in Bradley's house when it opens in the music room. I'm really excited about that. It's gorgeous, just a beautiful guitar
0: that's what i hear and i mean i've seen pictures i've never had the the pleasure to hold one yet but um you know from the reviews and and what everyone says and the pictures that i've seen they just look amazing so that's tona that's t o n a um and uh and know that if you're looking for a, a nice guitar you can do business with somebody who's uh who's a friend of the foundations and again that goes a long way where uh, the community's growing fast you see how fast the the group on Facebook's growing every day it seems like there's another fifty hundred people we're I think we're close to three thousand members amazing. in that group now um, just amazing and you know we can all we can all help each other out so um you know I think it's awesome that you that you thanked a bunch of those and anybody that was left out um we got a lot more episodes to go so um you know we're gonna <laughs> right. be doing those those special shout outs um, and we also now that we're six episodes in, uh, we're starting to develop a little bit of a following. Downloads are going well. Um, we're going to start to do some uh, some additional sponsorships on the show. So anyone that's listening, if you have a business or an upcoming event that you would like to have featured on Bradley's House Podcast, um, you can go ahead and email the show um, Bradley's House Podcast at gmail.com and, uh, send over what you've got. And, uh, we'd love to figure out a way to, uh, to get closer to getting Bradley's house built and let all the listeners know about what you have going on. Absolutely. Well, Kelly, uh, I had a lot of fun. This was, uh, an amazing first recording for 2021. Uh, you've lined up an incredible guests for us. Uh, we had an amazing conversation. I, I know the listeners are going to enjoy it as much as I enjoyed getting to sit back and listen to it. So thank you so much for that.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for making this whole podcast happen, Jarrett. And thank you to Anna, our beautiful audio engineer that takes care of everything behind the scenes so that we don't have to.
0: Yeah, I love her. I know
1: you do. <laughs> I should point out to people that she is your fiance, so you're not just being creepy.
0: That's right. No, not not at all. Um, you're also being creepy,
1: but that's all the difference.
0: If she wasn't, I would still totally be creepy. Um <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, we had, uh, we had a lot of fun. And, uh, guys, we thank you so much. For, uh, for joining us make sure you share give us that five-star review if you think that we earned it um, make sure you're downloading the show we're available absolutely everywhere so I don't know where you're hearing us right now but um, we're available on YouTube and iTunes and Google and iHeartRadio and Amazon make sure you tell a friend hit that five-star review so uh, you know we can continue to make some waves and and help people out um, I have we had a wonderful time this week uh, I'm Jared or she is Kelly Noel and you guys don't have to go home but it's time to leave bradley's house now keeping up with tradition like we have here on bradley's house here's a clip from the house that bradley built deluxe edition compilation cd this is bad cop bad cop and all you need Shit together and create a style. Passed out on the pavement. I won't feel afraid.
3: There's a little piece of paper saying
2: how we won't get paid. Hello, my name is Tyson with the null Family Foundation. And I wanted to provide some resources to any men and women that need help and are struggling with drug and alcohol abuse. The first one I want to give is the SAMHSA.gov website, and that is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration website. And their 1-800 number is 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. And you can always personally reach out to myself. My name is Tyson Sullivan, and you can email me at info at the Foundation.org. I have a lot of Resources throughout the whole country, and I can help you get connected for yourself or a loved one that's struggling.